You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. This week, Rogan had basically Shane Gillis on the whole week. He did. It was a Shane Gillis standalone episode, uh, Protect Our Parks with Shane Gillis and others, and then another one. So, I don't know if I've ever heard of a week where Rogan had just one person on basically the whole week but a fun week good times um joined today by my buddy pete who's gonna chime in and good day tell us a bit. happy to be here what's happening that's great it's good to have you it's good to have you well, i appreciate let's it let's get into let's get into the world of rogan for the week heck yeah all right so shane gillis has moved down to um Austin now, so he's, I imagine, just going to be on Rogan a lot. Obviously, he's one of the biggest comedians at the moment. People are absolutely loving Shane. Not surprised. He's so good, so talented, so impressive. Um, one Fearless. of the funniest people you can imagine. Oh, he's so funny, dude. He's absolutely just one of the funniest people. Um, and... And yeah, he starts out by saying he's not a fan of Vikings. Don't know what to think about that. That's a that's a bold statement. Really is that they're overrated? Well, they're the they're the coolest. I think he's actually just saying more like he's not a fan of glorifying the rape and murder part. I think. And how they're you think it's that they're as they're as grungy as any other medieval culture. I think is what he's going for. Right, that they weren't really as like spectacular, maraudering, you know, terrifying. They were just kind of like almost like swamp people. <laughs> he might have a point, actually. The people of the fjords, they just lived off little meager scripts of land and had to go raiding and trading to make their mm. to make their way. They had a population boom, and the extra went out a Viking looking for people to steal gold other stuff they're pirate they're basically pirates i i do feel like they get a bit of a hard time with the whole raping and pillaging thing it's it's almost like when somebody says that they're like oh name uh a warring culture from the past that was raping and pillaging everyone's like oh well the vikings pretty sure they were all doing this i like i'd like to say the mongols but uh, the Vikings, they, were, they did a good job, honestly. They were ruthless rape, rapists and pillagers. They went into, like, ruthless monasteries in Fran- France, monasteries, just tore them apart. People that yeah. had no weapons, no will to fight, no ability to fight, had been living peacefully for a generation, and then they see a sail out on the harbor, and ten minutes later they're getting raped. Men and women, just who cares? <laughs> they're doing it all. 
doing it all. Oh, yeah. So, well, you know, you live in the cold long enough. It does something to you. <laughs> something to your brain. Those soft Frenchies, the guys and the gals look the same. Well, it was it was brutal for England, too, when they started to get over there. I mean, I think that there was... It wasn't like tons of peace, but there was the kingdoms in England, multiple kings, and... You know, they had their treaties and they weren't often at war in certain areas. And these guys are just like rowing up to their docks and wrecking things and leaving. Yeah, they, that's the what made them um, so, so much like a monster in our minds or in their minds was they would come up out of nowhere um, indiscriminately stealing and marauding. They didn't have... Uh, a lot of towns didn't have defenses to put up with that kind of attack, so they were, right. um, you know, that element of that is why we it sticks in our mind. Yeah, yeah, not good, dude. Living next to terrorists, it's pretty much. But th- they kind of like co- they colored a whole population. They turned Iceland's hair red. They um, they gave us uh, icon- icon- art. They brought metalworking around that area. They were, you know, once you uh, disseminate your culture, you disseminate technology, and they had a lot to. Um, there's a lot behind that flow of technology. Whatever happened to the to the Vikings? Did they just kind of like move everywhere, spread around, and just kind of become a part of other cultures, or did yep. did a uh, like the English just go in and wreck them? Uh, they actually integrated wherever they went they over they took over places and then they integrated like in they in, in uh, normandy they became french they spoke french and then i think was it 1066 the battle of hastings yes that was the vikings the king got the got the arrow in the eye yep so you know That's, since yeah. 1066 the vikings essentially i think that was the new rulers of england okay Huh. So that lineage Sweet. comes from there. Well, maybe that's why I'm like a bit, a bit protective then. Well, yeah, it's, you're a fan of pillaging. <laughs> Only the pillaging. <laughs> Calm down. I'm up still a gentleman. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, we're the ones that only pillage. Uh, no, we we do a proper consensual thrashing, and pillaging. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of pillaging. Well, maybe they are overrated. I have to think about that a bit more. Well, they're. But they're just gla- easy to glamorize, and that's probably what it means. Mm-hmm. Then they jump on a bit of UFC stuff, talk about the time Tony Ferguson was kicked in the face by Chandler, and then Joe had one of the best lines that you could ever say in front of Shane Gillis, which was describing Chandler like how strong he is. He was like, just a ball of muscle exploding on your face, and Shane's all, pause? Yeah. <laughs> Joe's like, that sounded much gayer than I planned. I was dying. Just a couple of 12-year-olds. Yeah, that's like the worst thing you could say in front of uh, Gillis. He was all over it. It's interesting to see, too, because when Shane first went on Rogan, it was right after I think he got fired from SNL before he was even on the show. So there was like a lot of talk around him just with that happening. And he, he was fairly well known in the comedy circuits anyway. Like, he was already 
very popular and, and on the rise. But he was so nervous on Rogan. I mean, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big deal to a comic. And he didn't really know Rogan, Rogan that well, but he was, like, trying to crack jokes, like, it, almost forcing it. And now he's been on so many times. He's really on the most popular Rogans each time he goes on. Like, the Protect Our Pucks are some of their biggest episodes. So funny. And he he's so much more relaxed now, and uh, it's it's just really interesting to see that difference in him. It, but the, much better. The progression. He seems so composed. And I like that he just mm-hmm. talks about history. Like he, he just talk, they're just talking about stuff that really like they that piques their interest. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well Shane Shane's a big history buff. He likes it. He knows a ton. He's a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. He calls getting into liking history early onset republicanism. <laughs> I think I might have that. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. Like, just as you get old, you're just, like, watching World War II shit all the time. You start wondering about the diversity of all these commercials that start playing. Uh, <laughs> it starts making you a little uncomfortable. Just growling. <clears throat> oh, and Joe deletes his WhatsApp live on the air. Like, he, t- he got a phone call, one of those damn spam calls, and he's just like, yeah, you know what, I'm deleting Bye, it. Bye, WhatsApp. Getting rid of it. Yeah, see you later. I wonder if, like, the the WhatsApp freaking... Stocks? Um, stock took a took a hit. Hopefully. I guess it's owned it's owned by Facebook, right? Yeah. I think. Or it is. Meta. It is. Yeah. Those swindlers. Yeah. I seriously... I, had, I, only, I only get it when I'm out of country. That's about it. Unwrap the first of many presents this season with Holidays on the House from DraftKings Casino. With hundreds of games, prizes, and promos, DraftKings Casino has everything on your list. Right now, new players who play $5 get $100 instantly in casino credits. What are you waiting for? Cozy up with all the classics like slots, blackjack, and roulette. Or play exclusive games you'll only find at DraftKings Casino to feel the holiday cheer all season long. Download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code JRER and play $5 to get $100 in casino credits. That's promo code JRER only at DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 21 plus. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. One per opt in new customer. $5 wager required. Max 100 in casino credit award, which require 1x play through within 7 days. Terms at casino.draftkings.com slash holidays on the house. Restrictions apply. You need yeah, supposedly you can you use it abroad, and you can just like, like it's big for people buying drugs. They just send you like a menu on a random WhatsApp number, and you just can get it delivered. Yeah, that's that's how you get kidnapped in Colombia, right there. No doubt, you got to be careful. You just be careful, kids. Yeah, don't dabble. Don't. Watch Taken, and then don't dabble. <laughs> What a great movie. Liam Neeson? 
Yeah, come on. He is. Legend. He is. He has a particular set of acting skills. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, and that's it. It's so good. Family Guy did one of the best, one of my favorite skits that is like a spoof of that scene from Taken. But he's all, I have a distinct lack of skills. And he's like, he's like, I will never find you. I will never, I won't even look for you. I won't even come for you. As soon as we hang up, I will have no ability to get in contact with you again. <laughs> Dracar Noir. Truly amazing. Truly amazing. What I you- love it. Well, <laughs> go on. Oh, no, 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 you please. All right. Oh, they talk a little bit about how fucking dumb people are in their cars or in and around cars. Um, Joe was talking about one time somebody hit his car with a with a like a briefcase or something. And, you know, you kind of see this like mostly it's the people in cars feel way braver than they or seem to act way braver than they should, you know. It'd just be like a little old guy or some lady just like flips you off to your face. Yeah. And you're just like, in no other context or place would you even consider this. No. Like, what is wrong with you? We're all an equal playing playing field when we're behind these thousand pound murderous weapons. Yeah. And it kind of highlights like, thank God that, you know, you see some young girl do it to you, just like in your face, scream and flip you. It's like, thank God you don't have more power physically or any other way you would be a complete tyrant in society if all it takes is for you to be in a car and for you to think that you can act like that no value system no value system and it's so impolite i mean look we've all got mad behind the wheel Uh, you know some of us still do often but you know it, it i don't i don't feel too sorry for people that you know get cornered at a light and then have to like deal with the same interaction but in real life actually and now yeah now they realize oh i am i'm fucked here i fucked up i think he was a lot of backpedaling yeah a lot of him and han and rolling up your window and then not looking at the person who's right outside your window Mm -hmm. (laughs) just get on your phone i think he was talking about the how we're not designed to be in cities. How it's... Um, we're, humans are not... We're, we're social creatures, but up, up to like 150. Like we, I think we've spoken about this topic before. But the... Yeah, the human element in a city, it becomes a rat in a cage. And you just stop being able to be a human. And the, I think he kind of lent into his uh, time in Scotland when he was like, Ah, oh, just was relaxed. Oh, so much open space, freedom, the mountains. This is what humans should be be living in. Kilts, verdant plains, bagpipes, hairy cows, everything you need. Hairy women, people you can't understand. Just what did you say? Like that, that guy seems nice. I like him. I remember when I first went up to Scotland, I went to Edinburgh, and beautiful place, incredible city. Um, it, it just, it is, it is spectacular. There's something magical about Scotland. And I did notice immediately, and I am English, but they were nicer. They were. Us. They were generally more friendly. Could I understand a great deal of what they were saying? 
Not for a few days. Not for a few days. I huh? have to like really pay attention. Really pay attention. I bet you a few pints in those guys, and they're just the nicest, least understandable people you've ever met. Oh, dude, we went to this uh, nightclub, and you know this is like early two thousands, so they're still like <laughs> the good <laughs> stuff. Like good, good clubs existed, you know, trance and that, that whole era. And we go into this one club. We're at the bar, we're drinking, people are chatting with us, and because it's noisy in there anyway, we're like, we're understanding less than nothing from them. But they're loving us. They're having a great time with us. They're, like, wanting to just hang out, and that's awesome. And all of a sudden, the, like, the techno version of the Braveheart song came on. Oh, no. And it's all the Scottish people <laughs> shouting freedom, and it was so much fun. That's, Unbelievably that fun. Like, yeah, it was just the best thing I'd ever experienced. And nobody tried to kill me, and I was English, which is good. During that song, you'd think that you're allowed to at least punch one British person, but they did, they didn't even try. Now turn to your closest Englishman and knock him out. <laughs> yeah, part, they didn't. It's part of like a four square dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so fun. Have you ever been to Scotland? I have not been over to my fatherland. That's where my people hail from, but I've not been. You gotta get over there, I'm, dude. I'm fixing gotta to. Gotta get you over. There. Got to. You just come over one time when I go to England. Maybe, uh... That'd be the best. Yeah. That'd be a great way. I'll just leave off for, like, a, a weekend with while we're over there, and I come back all half blue and in a full tartan kilt. Uh, only wearing kilts from that moment f- forward. Mm-hmm. A sheep under with one arm. Accent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can mess. I can, Gotta stay warm. I can mess with that. Be great. Do you think this? We, we get it set up. Do you think there's anything to uh, genetic or blood memory? Is that a deal? What do you mean by that? Like you'll get back there, and all of a sudden you're just like, this feels like home. Something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Have you ever heard of that term? No, I haven't. But I'll tell you what would make sense if most of your ancestry was for. I mean. You know, often when I meet Americans, they're like, yeah, I'm half Irish, half Italian. I think that once you start mixing a lot in, even if there was some sort of genetic memory, it would be kind of... Diluted, maybe? uh, Yeah, like somewhat diluted. But like, let's say, you know, the majority of your ancestry is like English, Irish, Scotland. There might be something to getting back to that land you know like the humidity or the amount of rain maybe just the amount of sunlight or even some of the food that is very common maybe that would just feel very your bones just is maybe your feet were meant for walking on heather on those on those foggy moors and you just take those shoes off and you just connect to the land and you just want to have sex with a sheep or something you know just spitballing (laughs) Spitballing, everything's just like that kind of damp, and you just like that's 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 where I was supposed to be. That's properly moldy in here, mind. I'm a damp guy, but yeah, there might be something. A bog to person. It. It'd be very interesting. That that would be would be fascinating if that was the case, but it only really showed itself through alcohol. Okay, it's like you you take like some people that are Russian ancestry, but they grew up in America, and then they just find themselves drawn to vodka. Oh, Don't know why. They're just, like, into it. 
I have to like, say, yeah. I believe that there is something like this genetic memory and blood his blood memory. And maybe all you I know, need is a belief. It would make sense. I mean, if nobody told me anything and I just live kind of feral in New Mexico, where I went to high school and where we met, I mean, it would be pretty clear to me for lots of reasons that I didn't come from that land. Like, I'm as white as you can be. So I'd be constantly sunburned. And I'm like, well, that's not working out. Nearly a foot taller than everybody you meet. Yeah, super dry. Always, everything's dry. His skin is just cracking. Crisp enough. I'm like, I... I don't. I think I'm more of like a, uh, of an ice cave person, maybe. Yeah. There, there will be some clues in there. Oh yeah, I, there are clues. There'd be some clues. I mean, that's why it's kind of rough for uh, people that that are very dark living in northern hemispheres. You know, like black people that live in England, or Canada. You know, though I'm. Um, I think it gets pretty sunny in Canada actually. Um, it's just cold. One or two months a year. But it's not really sunny much at all in England. So if you have darker complexion, your ability to kind of absorb the required amount of sunlight that you need for, like, good vitamin D levels is is not good. Like, so that's just one example of something that you would have to heavily supplement to stay quite healthy. And I'm sure there are other things, right? Yeah. Um, probably in the same way when I'm living in when I was living in New Mexico, it's not just like, oh yeah, I need a lot of sunscreen, otherwise I just fry. But but there's probably other things that are happening. Totally. That you know, if we knew more, I could like adjust to because of that. You know, getting a little too much of the vitamin D and the other other things mm. that are synthesized as well. No doubt. Potentially. Maybe that's a yeah, or ju- or just a lot of damage. You know, like even if I'm not getting sunburnt, it probably even short exposure um, to the dry and very you know intense UV there was probably not good for me. Um, because yeah, we just get fried. I remember one time in high school, I can't. What was it? I th- I think I was actually like trying to sunbathe. To, to, like, get a bit of a tan so I could look cooler. You know, you're trying everything in high school to just, you know, look a bit better. And I didn't pay attention to how long I was out there. And I went a kind of red that was, like, literally lobster red. It was... It, it looked, like, worse than bad. Did you peel? It's the kind of sunburn that when somebody looks at you, they're just like... What you need to go? It didn't blister. It didn't do anything weird. It just went a type of red that is like somebody's been slapping your chest for like half an hour. It, I mean, you didn't blister or 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 peel? No. Um, I think it did. Yeah, it did peel eventually, but no blistering. No, just went like the most absurd red color, and I was like, "Holy shit! I need to kind of well, because I'd only ever let out in the sun, probably." You know, when I went on vacation to, like, France, northern France, maybe I'd done it a few times in England, but it's just not that bright there. So I was kind of using the same time frames, and no, you, I couldn't do that in New Mexico. No. I just get fried. You're, you're not a hat guy either. You really uh, you don't like to wear those things. 
No. I, l- blocks, I love them. Blocks my vision from like um, eagle attacks. Okay. I gotta be. I gotta be. I gotta be alert at all times. Gotta be able to see up. I'll- Could be an owl. <laughs> at night, you're. You don't need a hat at night. <laughs> I like them. I'm a, I'm a cowboy hat guy. You do like yeah. The bigger the better. You, you like Indiana Jones looking. You had that Amish looking hat when you came stayed out here. I like a nice pretty Amish I like a nice wool hat. It's part of the Western. It's part of being an American. Part of the West. Mm-hmm. It's a badge. I almost wear it more when I'm not here than when I am here. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, you can move out to Tennessee. We get you a cowboy hat. Alrighty. Hell. Why not? There we go. Yep, big belt buckle. So where is uh Gillis from? He's a he's a Philly guy, right? He moved there when he was twenty eight. Okay. But um and he reps it. But his people hail from Ireland. He's a bog person. Oh, he's a bog yeah. but you can kinda tell. Yeah. You can tell he has that shape, <laughs> potatoey. Yeah, like he's absorbed some bog. Bit of a damp smell about him, musty. <laughs> like he's been sat in a bog for a while, just taking it all in. Before that, taking I'm not sure. And he's si- yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, he definitely has that like Philly shit talking energy, you know, which is PA maybe. Maybe it's just Pennsylvania shit talking. He said uh, his family has a place in the Poconos, and uh, I went there in the summer to the Poconos. One of my buddies has a cousin lives out there. Had like a little lake house, and um, uh, beautiful house too. And it wasn't even that expensive. I mean, it, not cheap. It was like three hundred grand. Okay. But you know, it was before the the big inflation thing of like COVID and the few years before it so great deal i mean it's worth so much more now but it, like of course he has a regular job you know what i mean yeah it's like he doesn't make it you know astronomical amounts of money he just bought at the right time beautiful place poconos is a really cool spot it was very cool out there for in the summer i, I guess he's been in pennsylvania for most of his early life he was born mm, he was born in okay. mechanicsburg how american is that oh yeah he looks like a mechanic mechanicsburg Come on. He could be one. <laughs> Mechanics? I bet you he has some blood memory of just fixing a, a Chevy Big Block 454. No doubt. <laughs> That's hilarious. No doubt. Well, Joe's got him working out, which is great to see. Um, you know, he's a tank of a man, so he should work out. Yeah. And he drinks enough Bud Light to kill the average person, so even that this, should offset Even it. the strongest transgender bodybuilder mind. That's it. He's got a lot. That's it. And he's getting into some cold plunges. I like I like that Joe has this like these influences, you know, that are so positive for these comedians to kind of get behind and you know, ultimately extending their lives and making it better quality. A hundred percent. I mean it's so easy to just be a comedian that just does the party thing. Especially once you start getting big. Have you seen Bert Kreischer? How much weight he's lost? He looks. Bert's the comedian. You know Bert. Yeah, right? the the Obviously. monster, right? No, the, that's no the, the machine. The machine. Yep. Yeah, he he was hefty, un, looking unwell, but now he has that kind of like, he almost has like a ultra runner's 
vibe going on. Lean. He's getting lean. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's more to the story than than what we're being told. I think he may have gone in for like an annual health checkup and all the sirens went off. Hopefully. That, I mean, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's a shame that it has to get there. But, you know, we often all get to a point where we need a kick in the ass before we're like, ooh, got to make a change. Yeah. yeah. I am, I'm definitely a stick versus carrot kind of person. Like, <laughs> like I'll, those are two ways to motivate people. You can dangle a carrot or hit him with a stick. Yeah. Hit me with a carrot. I say just hit me with a carrot. Just wacky with a stick of carrot right up his butt. And then he's like, all right, I don't know what part of that whole thing this is, but I'm making some changes. Go to the gym. This needs to happen again. <laughs> it's a fun party. You're like, if this, is, if this is how vegans do it, I'm not into it. Or am I? Yeah, and then they eat them? I don't know. Mm. Well, you gotta you got to wash your vegetables, Pete. It's, anyway. That's not how you take in five vegetables a day. <laughs> it's not. It might be the easiest way. It's the only way I'm doing it. From now on. Let's get in there. What, what else about Shane there. is your favorite? Oh Well, they talked about the Gladiator Wars. Did you know about this? Oh, this is a little bit of history. Spartacus! Yeah, I figured you would know something about it. And and like also what if this is true, what was it? Like a bunch of the gladiators escaped. Yeah. Seventy and then they, or something like that. Yeah. That right. And then they built their own little militia and then they basically turned on select armies of Rome and started kicking their ass. And I'm like, we don't have a movie about this. Hello. Starring S- Russell Crowe. Spartacus. Hello. Spartacus. And with uh, with actually Kurt Russell's dad starred as as Spartacus in the seventies, and it, and it was about that. Yep, I am Spartacus. Oh, no, I am yeah. Spartacus. It's a yeah, it's an incredible story. I think there's been a couple movies. I think it was in Rome, the one in the acclaimed HBO um, miniseries. Oh, it has. It, it's a good show. That's a good show. I need to watch it. Yeah, so yeah, I need to watch Spartacus it. escaped with um, some other gladiators. They're, of course, ex-military criminals or who, or just regular criminals uh, picked for their physiques, trained to fight to the death in coliseums for the enjoyment of the masses and the and the, popul- the, the rulers. They escaped. They head to the hills. And before you know it, Word gets out, and sl- slaves and criminals and poor people in their thousands flock to them. So they accrue they accrue like hundreds of thousands of people, hangers on, some fighting age, prostitutes, old poor people, old women, orphans, and they pick and train fighting age people to fend off the people that are trying to put this down, a slave rebellion. Slave, slave, That's amazing. slave rebellions in this period of the time were uh, feared like as much as the plague. They, they were Romans constantly lived in fear of their slaves rebelling against them. Right. That's why Sparta was hampered because they enslaved a whole population that was next to them. 
They enslaved people that looked just like them, spoke the same language, and they, they did wholesale slavery, and they couldn't leave because they were afraid that their slaves would rise up and revolt because they treated them very poorly. But Spartacus hmm. is a endearing t- tale. I would, I'd look, I'd recommend anybody looking up that. That is, that is awesome. But they eventually, cool. they eventually got him, and all his people, and they crucified them. Damn. And they lined a road for hundreds of miles with their bodies. Oh, that's what they did. And that's and that's because they feared their slave revolt so much. That was their their existential crisis was their slaves revolting. Wow. Well, you know, and it's interesting, too, because, like, um, think of the control governments have over us today. Like, they have guns and armies and all this technology. But back then, the technology was, like, your armor and a sword. Mm -hmm. And making a sword wasn't super tough, you know, for them. Like, a lot of them did it. So, once you get that, you're on pretty even ground. And now you just need good training. training. And then, as we all know, there's so, ma- so many levels to training. It's like, look, plenty of people know how to fight, right? Special forces people are trained to fight, and they're tough, and they're strong fighters. But you take their guns away or their knives away, how many of them can beat up UFC people, fighters? They're probably like, the ones... Probably very few. Well, they're probably the ones that could have a chance if you just picked someone out of the, out of the blue... Yeah, and that that was the point I was gonna make. It's like if you take the, our modern weapons away, and all of a sudden you just take the entire UFC roster, which isn't that many people. I don't know what the entire roster would be. It's like five hundred okay. active fighters, let's say, maybe let's say maybe that. not that many, yeah. but let's say that many. I mean, they would have to be worth f- shit five thousand regular people. I mean, well, Robbie Lawler could walk through a crowd just. Left and right, knocking people out. Like, or it would take like it would take like fifty people. Or before Ken Shamrock back to back with Robbie Lawler, and who's the other guy? Brent Le- what's Lesnar? Brock Lesnar. Those guys there would just hammer down on everybody they came across, totally. But then maybe think about taking them out of that element, putting them on a hill. People that have learned how to fight on jungle terrain are going to have the advantage 100% like when the United States Army went to or uh, when World War II went into the South Pacific arena and started fighting in like New Guinea I think there was a few battles down in that area the Australians versus the Japanese and they had the people the Australians were friendly to the locals had their help and they won because they had they took the training resources, the people that were there, had the unequivocal advantage because of their upbringing and their ability to. Once you take away the guns, the bullets, the ammo, you're gonna you're gonna win because of the knowledge, the training. Right. Yeah, and I mean, and and this is why, with all the technology advancements we had over the Vietnamese during the Vietnam War, but they just knew the land so well. They could just hide, you know, dig holes and tunnels and, I mean, deal with those jungles, stay out there, you know, far more comfortably than our guys could. They did. It was just a nightmare. They they didn't need a supply train. They they just heard heard 10 pigs down a 
a hole, keep them down there, and then they have meat for a month for 200 guys. Right. I'm not sure if they, yeah. sure if they did that, but that sounds... They. Th- <laughs> it sounds It sounds like they sounds did Sounds like a good idea. I believe it. I love how, and as we wrap this up, I love how they ended the podcast listening to some legendary Kanye. Oh, yeah. And... You know, and also discussing where is he? What's he doing? Is he coming back? He'll be back. Um, He'll be back. You know, the, Joe keeps putting this on him, like all it's going to take is that one banger album. But when was the last really solid album that he made? Like, I don't think he's made one for a minute. He's had some decent songs on each album. But, I mean, I think it was like kind of... 2010 before and before was like his really heavy hitting ones where like every song was just a complete absolute bang um well that was i don't know but i know it was one album for me that turned me against him and honestly it's not like i don't look to celebrities for my moral guidance or how to act in the world but you shouldn't but i listen to their music and say oh okay uh i don't want to hear any of this and that was me conning the last 10 years, honestly. Really? Yeah, he's had a few whack songs here and there. Bl- but black Skin. I mean, head? that would... <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That, that is how he could get back, though. Yeah. Like, that would be one row. He has an uphill battle, let's be fair to say. You know, it's going to be easy to tear him apart if he comes out with something and it doesn't hit. Yeah. To, to kind of just add to him being done, but if he comes out with something that is just, it's just got one of those beats, it's just got one of those hooks that kind of everyone wants on their commercial, okay, or as their intro fight song or whatever it is, you know, movie. Totally, it it's just too good to deny. It almost is like a forgiving point. They talked about it in one of the Protect Our Parks, like. When Thriller came on, everyone kind of forgets that Michael is a sick bastard. May may have been a sick bastard. Yeah, I, I like that Maybe. that quote by uh, Cat Williams that Joe brings up. I got things that bitches want. I got silk sheets. I don't like silk sheets. I got silk pillows. What do you think I want those things for? I got I got <laughs> stuff to entice the people I want here. And Michael Jackson, he's got. Petting zoos. He's got Ferris wheels. He's got he's got bubble candy in, cotton candy machines. He's got an entire amusement park at his house. How did he ever maintain that and pay for it? Oh, he, did he literally bankrupt himself owning a, his own theme park? He was. That seems so obsess- excessive. Come on, he's made money. There's no end to the. Once you get to a level. There's no end to creditors giving you money. There's no end to your money. That's true. I thought he was like getting a bit broke by the end of his career, though. Maybe not. He does one. He does one tour, and I, I'm not sure how it works. Yeah. More yeah. money, more problems. Well, Dolly Parton has her own theme park, so it can be done. Not too. F- Maybe there's going to be a Taylor Swift theme park coming up. Not, well, hopefully, God willing. God willing. All right, let's let's wrap up with some uh, 
of the protectile parks. These ones are always difficult to review just because they're chaos. They are the most fun podcast you can ever imagine. Um, obviously, Ari Shafir pees in a bottle during the podcast. Remember, this is the most listened to thing on the planet with a host that many people have suggested could moderate the presidential debates. And he also does podcasts like this. I love that. That warms my heart. That gives me faith in humanity. And they're just a bunch of guys having a good time. Okay? It's good to see. It was good to listen to. It was absolutely hilarious. Mark Norman is just... He's a sweet guy. You can you can see it in his face. You just want to you just want to get that guy, give him a hug, pat him on the back. I want to be his friend. Let's be his bud. I want to be Mark's friend. I think he'd be so great. To, you know, and, it, and he's getting you know very famous now and very well known in the world of comedy and a, a superb comedian. And he just does seem very like down to earth and not big headed and. Just kind of grounded in his own state. He hasn't changed at all on any of the shows he's been on. He's always willing to make himself look like an idiot by just saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. He's just, he's so pure yep. comedian that I just love it to death. And the way Gillis and him go back and forth, Gillis is always calling him a pussy and telling him to drink more. <laughs> he just takes it so well. He's like, come on, pussy, drink up. Okay, all right. He's like, all right, I'll do it. And then for whatever reason, Mark also pissed in a jug. And Rogan was like, that's our water jug. (laughs) And he's like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm really sorry. It's like, things are getting out of hand. I felt like, I felt like, honestly, Rogan handled it well. I feel like he could have got more mad at that. (laughs) There, There are very few guests that get away with peeing into jugs in the studio on the podcast it you know though it it would be a fun surprise if like neil degrasse tyson one day was just like oh yeah i just heard people do that it's just peeing in peeing in, See, in there. this is a man's penis but it could equally be a woman's <laughs> penis it's a space penis <laughs> he's he's good too yeah uh, i so i shapir 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 you can just you can just hear the wisdom and the or rather the uh, the raw IQ out of that guy. He's he's wicked smart. Oh yeah, yeah. He's super intelligent. Almost all those guys, honestly. I, I've seen Ari do stand up lots of times at the comedy store, at least a dozen. You know, while I was um, living in LA and, and just often getting up to the comedy store, and just every time he has. So he has such a unique presence. Like he's very chill. He always kind of like crosses his arm and just has the one hand up to his mouth. Like he doesn't make himself look like a big presence on stage. It's all about the words and just you know the detail. And he goes, he goes in whatever direction he feels. Like he's very free when he does. His stand-up, and I've I've always liked his style, like, and and it's always heady. It's clever. That the have you seen the comedy special of his Jew? No, I'm, I want to watch it after listening to this. 
Last one. Dude, it is it is amazing. It is just phenomenal. Like the the and it's and it's very different in a lot of ways than like other types of stand up and and even his other stand up. I mean, it's I'd love to watch it. It's just Dude, it's almost painful. Like you laugh so much that it just keeps hitting. <laughs> And just goes through all these stories in history and the Bible and the different things. And uh, it's killer. I think Joe said it before that that he feels like there's a, a place where he could do a whole series on it. You know? It almost, he, he said so it almost didn't go deep enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, and I, you and I, we don't know anything about, let's just be honest. We don't know anything about the people in other religions. You know, we can we know no. about their religion, but we don't know about their lives. So uh-uh. it is nice to to delve into that and their own problems and their own issues with it. Yeah, and I think ultimately it kind of like lowers the veil and and brings us a bit closer together. Like you have a bit more understanding of like what's going on over there. It's cool to see them make fun of themselves, but then also pick on the some of the other religions and even like the you know non-religious people. It's like everyone can get thrown under the bus. I love that. Yes. Like, do it. You know? It's it's so good. We need to throw away our differences and embrace our sameness. That's a beautiful message, Pete. You're welcome. Beautiful message. Yeah. I yeah. actually got that from American Psycho by um, out of the words of Patrick Bateman. <laughs> oh, someone to look up to. <laughs> I like it. That is excellent. Well, on that note... We call this one done for the week. Great week of pods. Uh, Shane Gillis, legend. First person ever, as far as I remember, to do a whole week of all of the pods. It was like he was Joe Rogan's co-host this week. Yeah, he, he, that's he's Joe Rogan's little buddy. I love it. That tight. Big fan. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Pete, thanks for joining, and we will talk to you guys Bless you. next time. Bless you. See you. We'll